Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, Todd Helms here with the Wingman Podcast, and I'm bringing you a special Father's Day edition of the Wingman Podcast. I have some great guests with me sitting here today. I have Guy Eastman, Scott Reekers, and Brandon Mason. If you're fans of Eastman's Big Game Journals and Hunting TV and Beyond the Grid, you know those names. You know exactly who we're, who I'm talking about, and you can probably put names with faces. If not, that's okay. You need to head over to those YouTube channels, especially Beyond the Grid and the Eastman's and the Eastman's Hunting channel on YouTube. You need to check all that stuff out. We'll put links down here in the descriptions at the bottom for you, you should, so it would make it even easier for you to check out all the great content over there. First of all, happy Father's Day to you guys. Happy Father's Day to everybody, all the dads listening out there. It's kind of a cool deal to be a dad. It's something that I came to later in life and didn't really realize how much I was missing until it happened. <laughs> but um, we had a hunt last year that the reason that the four of these the four of us are sitting in here and these guys are with me is we did a hunt last year, and it's going to be a webisode. We'll have it up um, on the on the Wingmen YouTube channel. We did a goose hunt last year where it was fathers and kids. Brandon, you had your son, your oldest out there, Hunter, with yep. you. Scott, you had your oldest, mm -hmm. Ella, your daughter. Mm -hmm. Guy, you had Cora out there. And I had my oldest, JC. Scott, Guy, and... My daughters are all the same age, roughly. I mean, within a few months of each other, yep. for the most part. Hunter Man is, what's he, 15 now? Uh, he'll be 15 next week, actually. Oh, yep. man. <laughs> oh, man. But the whole point of this is it was it was a hunt that we all kind of went on, and we were like, oh, are we even going to kill any birds? I mean, is this going to be like, what's this going to be like? Because we were taking a bunch of little kids out there. Our our girls are all, they're they're young they're little kids and so they weren't hunting they were just tagging along and we had a cameraman and we had just it was quite the production donuts yeah oh, it was a production <laughs> yeah todd said bring a lot of snacks so i just brought a whole box of donuts well that's one thing over the years i've learned with hunting with kids is take food take stuff for them to do food books puzzles even if it's a little handheld video game Keep them entertained because if it's not fun, they don't they won't ever want to go back. Well, I don't think fun was a problem that day. No. <laughs> we had lots of birds, we had lots of food, we had lots of laughs. All three little girls running out from underneath a tree with their giant sticks that they had turned into swords, and all of us ran towards them because we were a little concerned about their safety at that point, but it was highly entertaining, especially the sword that was being drug along the ground because of how large it was. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I guess what I want to do is I just want to go with each one of you guys and get your impressions about what that day was like as a dad for you what it meant for you because we've all hunted for a long time you know we've all done different types whether it's big we've hunted big game for a long time we've hunted birds for a long time whatever we're used to the hunting thing but getting kids involved is a whole different mix and it's one that i really love i enjoy it i love taking my kids out i love taking my girls hunting 
Um, I'm taking my dad on a Father's Day fishing trip this weekend, and we're actually going to take my oldest daughter with us because she want, said she wanted to go. So why not? I love doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to start with you, Brandon, because you had – you know, we walk down, we leave the trucks, we don't know what we're getting into, and there are birds everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was awesome. But we're trying to get Hunter Man his first goose. Right. And it, it worked out that way. But tell us what that was like from your perspective from your from a, as a dad. Well, the last two or three years has been a lot of firsts for him in the hunting world. You know, I mean, this year he got his first goose. Last year his first duck. He's gotten his first elk, his first mule deer, his first antelope. I Lucky mean, just turd, man. the last three years has just been really fun. And, you know, you always hear that it's always a lot more fun to take your own kids out than yourself once they get to that age and you know he's going to be 15 next week and and uh, yeah i've been waiting you know almost 15 years for all these moments to to happen and they're here and it's cool because we hear or we, we you know just getting to see the excitement that they have and and uh the pure joy that they have out in the field is, is priceless and it was fun seeing him you know he's a older brother of three sisters and so seeing him with those three little girls, yeah. here there's what, what, how old are they, four? They were, five. my daughter was four at the time. Okay, yeah, four and five, depending on the girl. And uh, and they were all playing freeze tag, and pretty soon you hear them yelling, Hunter, come out and play freeze tag with us. And he's <laughs> 14 and trying to be a good sport. Well, and they were it. they were pretty into their, those little girls' credit. Man, they were into the hunt for quite a while. Yeah, they yeah. were. They were in yeah. the blind, and they were... The birds were were working and decoying, and they were they were checking it out. They were into it for quite some time, but it was a beautiful day. It was, it was December, yeah. yeah, January. It was January, it was January, yeah. When it was crazy warm mm-hmm. that yeah. day, bluebird skies, yeah. and really a crappy day for waterfowl hunting usually, right? But you know, because of your guys' scouting and efforts, we had a great spot on the river and uh, a good blind that you guys built, and so it was perfect environment to take them out to where they weren't. You know, it wasn't 20 below with 30-mile-an-hour right. winds and snow in your face to where you're worried about their safety and they're miserable and never want to do it again. That, I mean, if they remember that, it's etched in their memory, and then it'll, you know, they'll want to do it again and again, hopefully. so. Well, Guy said something while we were on that hunt that day. We were, we'd shot up a group of geese, and we were mopping up birds on the water, and the dogs were working and doing different stuff. And we were out getting a bird, and Guy looked at me, and he said, this is when you have to have to get them hooked mm-hmm. because if you wait until they're 10, 11, yeah. 12, 13 years old, they're going to have other interests in their life by then that are going to compete for that hunting passion. Especially in today's world, there is just a lot of things for kids to do and be involved with. Even compared to when we were all kids, um, you know, there's so much at their fingertips and there's so many activities and there's, whereas, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but where I grew up, there's baseball, football, and basketball. They each had their season. Video games were kind of a new thing that yep. not everybody had. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as common. There were definitely no handheld games yet. Or at least nothing yourself. like I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at least not to this. You know, no smartphones, mm-hmm. no nothing at the time. And and uh, they yeah, there's just a ton of other things that can take their attention away from the outdoors. And I think that's part of why we're seeing some of the craziness in our culture too. Is that people have forgotten some of those basics in life and yeah. and it's nice that we can live in a place where we can get out there and do that and have our kids you know take part in that stuff absolutely so 
getting right down to the hunt itself, I know Hunter was Hunter was pretty excited. He's like you said, we had been on his first elk hunt yeah. earlier that year. He killed another big mule deer last year. Coming, he's had some amazing firsts, mm-hmm. and you'd think, oh, goose, first goose, whatever. It's still a big deal. Well, and he was nervous too because you know we don't. I'll be honest, we don't spend as much time with the shotguns as we do with the rifles, and and with our bows and everything. And so he wasn't as practiced probably as he should have been. And that's on me, of course, for not getting him out there. But we, I mean, we've shot a little bit in clay pigeons and everything, but not where he's extremely comfortable. And right. plus, even though he knows all you guys. Still a little bit of a pressure thing there, and sure. you know, or having uh, a dad and all of his friends that work at a place like Eastman's, and all the hunting and, and uh, gear testing, and and try to be knowledgeable for, to help educate everybody else too, because not everybody has these opportunities. We do. Um, there's a little pressure there. I forget about being his dad because it's a day to day thing, but. You know, in the back of his mind, he's like, man, I better not miss. <laughs> uh, kind of with a lot of people here. And what if I look like an idiot? And, and uh, but no, he, he did a good job. I thought so. I thought so. I, I, re- I specifically remember the bird that he shot, you know, because there's birds come in and everybody stands up and shooting. And you're pretty sure you got that one, but you don't mm, know yeah. if somebody else, sh- you know what I mean? That particular bird. It was like, you can tell I'm two people away and I can hear his shotgun going off and him shooting and he shot once and I could kind of see it lining up and that second shot he shot and that bird folded at the shot. Well, and the funny part is because he doesn't know, he's not used to seeing that for sure when you know, because there's so much action, like you said, with birds or with waterfowl anyway, a lot of times that you you're not sure if you're the one that hit it or not. And there was so much shooting going on. He, he was unsure. We were like, nice shot. And he looked at me. I don't know if I'm the one that hit that thing. There was no doubt in my mind. I remember. (laughs) And it was, and guys, the bird you killed too, was the same way. Mm -hmm. I was standing next to guy Mm -hmm. and I was like looking right down the gun barrel, bang. And the bird folds, you know, you know, and you do it enough and you get to, you you can kind of tell who's doing what. And there was no doubt about it. So we were stoked about that because, Here's the hunter got his first goose, and then we've got all these little girls in the blind running around. And Scott, you hauled, you're like Yukon Cornelius that day, man. You hauled this sled <laughs> in there with you. There no, must have been a hundred pounds of stuff in that sled. Did I? Was that the morning I? No, that was a different morning. I hauled the whole bag down there. Um, that was that was the morning that Ike actually came with us. We, yeah, I hauled a thing that had a ton of gear in there. Um, and that was good for, for Ella to see that, that there's some work involved in that. Um, but yes, I'm, you know, I'm kind of the big dumb animal. So I get roped into <laughs> hauling a lot of the gear sometimes. I'm sure if you've watched any of our wingman episodes, you picked up on that with, with Todd and I a few times <laughs> that I get roped into doing some of those things. So, no, there was a lot of gear in there that we hauled, we hauled extra um, decoys in, I believe. We hauled was, a few, yeah. Was Duck closed that weekend? Yes, uh, Duck, yeah. mm-hmm. Duck okay. had yeah. just closed. Yeah, so we had to haul in more goose decoys, if I remember right. And part of it was just the sheer numbers game. There were so many geese that were on that island. We wanted to make it look look as authentic as possible. And so, right. you know, we hauled in a whole bunch more and, you know, made it look really good. And so that was, that was, that was fun, like seeing – seeing the girls get excited while we were putting out all the decoys because 
they've never seen that, you know, so they've never seen what goes into that, you know, and each of us checking with each other, does that look good? Yeah, I think it looks good. Does that look good? Okay, yeah, that looks good. That's it's it's funny when you're sitting there that you're you're asking each other, you know, and you're all just verifying your own you know, I don't want to say egos, but on thoughts, you know, and so, and of course we rearranged it like five different times after different birds did different things, you know, the usual waterfowl hunters game that you play with the decoy decoys. shuffle. Absolutely. So, so that was fun getting to see them look at that, see, you know, and then for Ella, the coolest part was she was asking to go again later. You know, she, for, so, you know, I knew she was having fun while we were doing it. Um, she's gone, she went dove hunting with me. Um, and we've done some shooting and different things together. Just, it's, it's a slow exposure thing. Um, as far as, you know, she's, she's younger than yes. both JC and she's Cora. The, she was the youngest yeah. of, the, of the bunch. And of course she's got her daddy's genetics. She would have never known she was the younger based on her physical stature. They're all the same size. Yeah. If you look at the photos from that day, all three of those girls are like, doot, doot, doot. They're yeah. all the same size. Yep. It was pretty funny to, to see that. So that was the biggest win. And so my dad and I ended up bringing Ella turkey hunting where we did, we actually did two nights in the tent. Um, and that was a, that's a big deal for a four-year-old. Sure. You know, and so I, I had prefaced it to, to dad when we, when we left and headed over there, I was like, so here's the deal. If we get one night, I'm thrilled. If we get two before she starts getting bored and it's uncomfortable and miserable, you know, we're going to let her set the tone for this. You know, I'm not going to going to push anything. You know, if we see turkeys, if I can get any turkeys to decoy before she starts freaking out, we're happy. Well, you know, so that was the win because that translated from that goose hunt. But one of her first questions was, are we going to have friends come along? <laughs> do we get to have this be a social ex- experience was her you know and so getting to play i was like no nah, we're not gonna be playing freeze tag on this hunt but that that was a direct result of going on that hunt and being there and you know she's a sucker for a donut too so you know knowing that who is it well that's <laughs> that's true obviously yeah. um but she she was thrilled to go along and do that so that was fun you know, her getting to see what dad does a lot of during the winter sure. is fun. Well, and that was kind of the whole point of the deal was get them out, get them in the field, and let them have fun, let them make it a positive experience. And to hear that she asked to go again later, <laughs> that's a huge win because it's not always like that. I, yeah. I got a chance to spend some time with some kids outside of our circle, our immediate circle here that, that don't live in the hunting the hunting world they're, they're not exposed to it on a regular basis and watching it was in an outdoor setting and watching my kids try to interact with their with those kids in an outdoor setting was it was eye-opening and our kids I think we take a little bit of that for granted because we live in Wyoming and we get outside with our kids a lot mm-hmm. and I think we take for granted that a lot of people in the country don't their yeah. kids don't their kids aren't raised that way. Yeah. And so seeing things might be maybe watching a, something like picking up a dead goose that might be uh-uh, I'm not touching that or you know, wet conditions or cold or whatever it might be is totally foreign to them. So mm-hmm. I it's really important to me as a dad to raise my kids that in that yeah, in that in those environments. And it wasn't that long ago, guys. We remember we're all roughly the same age, and we remember our dad's generations where you didn't take women hunting. Women didn't hunt. 
that you had daughters, they stayed home. Mm-hmm. And so for us to... To, 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 to taking our daughters, our little kids out there too, I say good for us. I mean, I, I really do. And I think more dads need need to be doing that. And I think you can do it at a younger age than you really think too. Well, and even if they don't grow up to be avid outdoors people like we all are or whatever, um, the biggest thing with me, like I said, I have three girls, and, and until they're 18 – then they can decide if they want to continue hunting or not. But until that time, they're going to be in the outdoors with me. Right. Even if it's just on a simple antelope hunt or a, uh, one of the easier goose hunt that we did with, with the hunt we're talking about today. But like I tell my wife, I expect my children to be active participants in wildlife conservation. And then when they get to be adults, they're informed members of the voting public. Right. And then if they get married and their husband is an outdoorsman, and they have a little better understanding of why he loves it so much. Absolutely. And it, it's just kind of the complete picture rather than, I mean, my, my three girls don't live for it. They like being outside, and we do, like you said, we live the life. But if they got to stay home, they'd be fine with that. Sure. But they don't have that option in my house. So they're going to, they're gonna, you know, and I'm not domineering about it. I'm no, not mean about no. it. But I know the, the goodness that comes from being in the outdoors and experiencing that. And even if they don't live for it, they need to understand it and be aware of the world around them and, and understand how things work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to segue into, I've got a guy sitting here who hasn't, who hasn't had a chance to talk yet, but probably for good reason. <laughs> we've teased guy and guy has teased us with the whole wingman process that one day we'd get him in a blind and it was, Nope, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> And lo and behold, a couple days before this whole hunt transpired, guy walks in my office and said, you guys hunting this weekend? I said, yeah, I want to go. I said, okay, cool. Sounds great. Well, I get a text message later on that says, well, this just turned into a rodeo. I said, what do you mean? He goes, <laughs> my daughter wants to go. And I, th- and I, my first response was sweet. This will be fun. That's how it turned into the father-daughter, father-kid thing. was all because of Guy's daughter wanted to go. It's like, heck yeah, we can make that happen. <laughs> so that's how we got Guy Eastman in the, in the goose blind. And I literally got booby-trapped by it. Literally <laughs> by my wife. My daughters watched that Yeti film, that Sam, uh-huh. one about the Labrador, I yeah. bet 20 times. She loves that film, and she watches it over and over and over. And one day she watched it and said, she said she wanted to go bird hunting. I thought, oh, Christ, here we go. <laughs> and my, mo- my mom, my wife says, well, don't you guys have a bird lease or, wa- or a duck lease down there? I said, yeah. She goes, why don't you take Cora down there and go hunting? I thought, oh, boy, what have I got myself into? And that's what started it all, the ball rolling. And I thought, oh, the guys are going to kill me for this. So instead of uh, I said Cora wanted to go, I remember sending Todd, or Todd that text. I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. And then everybody's <laughs> kids were coming, and it changed it all. But Yeah, but I think that's what made the hunt, having – having the three little girls there and then plus them i think them seeing hunter actually enjoying it as a little bit older kid you know when you're you're younger and you see an older kid and like they're cool 
Yeah. Just because they're older. Right. It has nothing to do with whether they're actually cool or not. They're Mm -hmm. just older, you know. And so them seeing that and then plus, like I said, the three of them playing there together. I mean, how many games of freeze tag did we watch them play? Oh, my goodness. I just loved it. I looked. I was at, you know, we were at the the sort of the left, I guess, end of the blind, the north end of the blind. Yeah. And Hunter and I would look back because he's all camoed up like we are. He's got a sick on and everything. And they weren't. And they we look back. Pink and purple mm-hmm. and turquoise. Oh, dude. It's like between the colors on the donuts and the colors <laughs> on the clothing. I told I, I told him, I said, in. I've never seen so much pink and purple in a goose blind before in my life. But it was awesome. And they did good. I mean, every time we would tell them to be still or, you know, birds are coming in, they were they like little statues. Right yep. yep. They, they were, were like good. little statues. And when we were out playing freeze tag, we're like, at first, I remember we're all kind of like, well, this isn't going to work. Good grief. And then we just holler at them, birds. Yeah. And they'd get down. They'd go hide in the sagebrush or underneath the tree. And we still kill geese. Oh, well, yeah. You know, that and it, that was, I remember we're walking in there that morning and guy looks at me. He goes, are we even going to, are we even going to kill any birds today? <laughs> and we got in there and the birds got up off the river mm-hmm. shortly after that. And oh, it was so many of them. Chaos. A couple hundred birds flew up. Yeah. It was chaos. And I turned around and looked at the guy was like, I think we're in good shape. The and fact then they that just... we killed so many geese didn't really help my respect for bird hunters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now. given the, given the situation, holy smokes! It was a. It, there's no way we should have shot anything. Yeah, yeah I, Todd and I ground out this year. This is this is since I've lived in Powell. This was the hardest year bird hunting that I've had here, just because of the the weather, <laughs> the the extreme changes and things like that. And so I, even with those 200 birds getting up, I wasn't positive we were going to have as good a day as we did. That spot was, that was the spot we did the video for Onyx mm-hmm. for. That was a spot that Onyx said, Hey, we'd really like you guys to, to help us put together a video about finding a spot to build a blind. How did that, how do you do that? How do you go about that? How does Onyx fit into that? And so we did. And it's on the YouTube channel. It's there for everybody to see. And it turned out really, really well. But one of the things we did is we looked at that specific piece, knew where the kind of the birds wanted to be, used our knowledge of how the birds move up and down the river, and then used Onyx to go, that's it right there. And we went in and then we put boots on the ground that day. And we had to adjust a little bit from what, from what we were looking at on the computer screen, but not much. Yeah. And that spot turned out to be absolute money in the bank. Yes, it we am. killed birds every time we went. Not only, not to mention, we didn't just kill birds. We shot limits almost every single time we went. And the only reason we didn't limit that day with the kids is we went. That's enough. We literally cut yeah, ourselves we off. Out. We could have yeah. stayed out, but it got to the point where the weather was warm. The kids were. I don't think they were really over it. They were still having fun, but it it was enough. Yep. It yeah. was enough it was of a time. hunt. And, you know, well, and sometimes with waterfowl, you know, it's days like that where it kind of reminds me of, of antelope hunting sometimes from this, not the style of hunting, but just sometimes you're in their way. You know what I mean? So even if you do everything wrong, you're still going to have opportunities at animals because they want to be there. Yep. I've had antelope almost run me over in the field for that same reason. It's like, why I was standing out in the middle of nothing. Why did he come running that way? Cause he wanted to be there and I was yeah. in his way. And yeah, it's the same way with waterfall a lot of times. Is. If they make up their mind, they're coming in. And there's some days you work your butt off, they should be coming in, and they don't. 
But there's other days where it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. You could be doing jumping jacks and they're going to yeah. come in. And a, and a big part of that goes into the scouting aspect. You yeah, know, exactly. I, I've always said that the key to being a successful waterfowler is windshield time. You have to spend time yeah. driving around, finding birds, finding the X, and watching them and figuring out, okay, they don't want to be in just in that field. They want to be in that specific spot in the field. And mm-hmm. if you're not there, you're not going to kill birds. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, guy can throw us under the bus if he wants, but uh, you know, you know, I will. I'm waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting to pounce, so go ahead. But, it, but there is one of, the, one of the best things. I mean, we are obviously, Wingman is tied to Eastman's. Eastman's is our parent company, and Eastman's is all about Western trophy big game. That's what, that's what it is. So we do reference a lot of big game in what we talk about with Wingman because we spend September, October, and the first part of November hunting big game. That's what we do. Our bird seasons don't really get cranking out here. Our waterfowl seasons don't really get cranking out here until that time, till yeah. November, December, January, and, and then into February. One of the things that is so great about having those having our seasons come after big game is big game's pretty serious. We're in, we're in the field testing gear. We're filming TV shows. We're doing stuff for the YouTube channel. There's there's skin in the game. You know, you can't just go out and willy be willy-nilly about it. Things have to be intentional. So there's some pressure. Now it's fun, but there's some pressure to it as well. And with waterfowl, Yes, we're filming. Yes, we're testing gear, but it's a different mindset. It's a different attitude. And being able to go out and take three little girls out wearing pink, purple, and green and still have fun, kill birds, laugh, eat donuts. Guy says, I see, you guys aren't, this isn't hunting, this isn't a duck hunting. He goes, this is just a coffee club with shotguns. That's all this is. I forgot about that. I remember that. I know why you guys go out every morning. Yep. You a, guys get donuts yeah, every I, time. I, coffee I club you guys are out doing work. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I think that, that, I don't know how you found it on X or whatever, but it's, it's the perfect spot right there. It's a yeah. big horseshoe bend in the river. And that bluff shades it in the morning sun, so you're always in the shade till way past where yes. you should be with that blind. Yes. And they can't see you if they come over that bluff off those fields until it's too late. You blindside them. Yeah. And they come over and they see decoys and they and they and they, and they want can't to be see there from anyway. left to right because you're out exactly. on the peninsula. On yes. There. It's it's a perfect spot. Yep. Granted, most of the time I was looking at the river, uh, analyzing the fishing holes, thinking I need I should come down here this summer and go fishing. But yeah, <laughs> I couldn't help but notice the geese flying over every once in a while. Yeah, the shotguns going off. Yeah, no, it was. Wasn't that the day of Mackinac's epic retrieve as mm-hmm. well? Yes. Nice segue. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to talk about that. that yeah, that we was, had there was, was there was awesome. just a lot of cool stuff that happened that day. One of the things that that I remember the most was the girls cheering mm-hmm. for the dogs. Yeah, that was cool. And they'd go out and, and the dogs would be getting birds and they'd be go like little cheerleaders out there. And I was laughing. I thought that was so funny. Mouthful of donuts cheering on yeah, the dog. And... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were trying to pet the dogs and the dogs had one nothing to do with them. Yep, like, we're working. They were pretty alone. confused by that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why don't the dogs want to be petted? Yep. No, they're not they're, at home they're right now. now. They have a job to do. Yeah, exactly. And so we had a we had a group come in and we shot a couple geese and they fell, you know, in the decoys. 
But one goose kind of sailed and died on that bluff that you're talking about across the river quite a ways out. Yep. The dogs had no idea where that bird was. It was a completely blind retrieve. And there it was probably 200 yards, I'm guessing, by the time you factored the river, the bank, and the, where the bird say fell. I at least that, yeah. yeah. It's a ways. Yeah. It's a ways. And we knew the bird went down and was, like, dead by, by the way it fell. And so I sent Mackinac, lined him up, and I sent him. And he, there was one particular spot where it's a little easier for him to, to dog or even a human to get up and down. But he went to the left of that because when he got over there, he could smell the bird scent wafting over the top of that bluff. And he went right up on that line, that, that, that scent line. And it was like the most difficult part of the whole bluff to traverse. Yeah. Pretty much vertical, uh, especially at the end. And he got to the end, worked his way up. Again, this is on, we got this on video. It's on the YouTube channel. It actually kind of went semi-viral on Facebook, which is really cool. And we'll drop that link in the description, in the description down here so you can check that out. But um, he got to the top, and it's like straight up. And he had to jump. And he jumped up and grabbed the lip, grabbed the, the yep. lip of the bluff. And Brandon, you, you said this perfectly. It was like watching a human do a pull-up. It, it was the craziest thing I've ever yeah. seen a dog do. I've seen dogs dive after ducks, you know, after they've been hit and go down and get them in the water after several attempts. And that was impressive. A friend of mine's uh, Yellow Lab did that years ago. I've seen a lot of amazing upland retrieves and everything. But that, it, I can picture that in my head. It's ingrained in my brain watching him doing that pull-up and it looked like a broad-shouldered man just boosting himself up there and then he comes back with a goose it's almost the same size of him yeah it comes all the way down that thing again i'm serious on the video that's where you get a real a real sense of how steep that is yeah is when he's coming down with the bird in his mouth because there's one point where he kind of like almost free falls and catches Mm -hmm. himself you know you think and Guy's commentary in the background on the video is hilarious because he's watching this. I remember him saying, oh, we're not going to get that that goose. And I thought, well, I'm going to try, you know, and get the dog over there and see if he can do it. And he does it. And we were all flabbergasted. Right. I mean, we're cheering and yelling and having a good time. But it was neat for me having the kids there was a huge deal as a dad. And then having Hunter shoot his first goose. Having you guy, you killed your first goose on that on that that day, and then watching watching guy get a little taste of all right. Now I think I understand a little bit about why these guys like this so much because this is pretty cool. He probably won't admit that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I did not eat a donut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but any anyway, that whole deal was. Lo- just captured and it's 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 seared in my mind. My girls, JC, my daughter, talks about that hunt to this day. She wants to. When are we going to do that again, Daddy? I said, Well, it's not season right now, but <laughs> she she loves it. She wants to be out there. Wants to be a part of that. As a dad of daughters, that I don't I don't see I don't see gender when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, they're just out there with dad. 
That's my kid. We're going to go hunting. That's just what we do. It does, I've had JC in the blind when it was zero. So that, that day when we were out goose hunting was beautiful. It was warm, nice. But she's gone out and suffered too. And she kind of gets it. But she she sees my enthusiasm. Hunter sees your enthusiasm. Cora sees your enthusiasm. Ella sees your enthusiasm, Scott. And that's going to translate to our younger kids as well. And they see that and how much we like it. At four, five, six years old, they can't almost not help but like it. Mm-hmm. And that plays into what Guy said that day about you got to get them hooked now. Because if we wait till they're 10 years old, it's too late. They're dealing with, like yeah. you said, video games and, and sports or uh, mm-hmm. social media or ki- other kids. There's lots of stuff that can that's trying to grab their attention in our world. And so getting them out now is you got to do it. And that day for me, I look back on all the days in the field over the last even five years, that day's a standout yep. for me. And it, we didn't, it wasn't the fastest, best shooting. It wasn't the greatest hunt, you know, hunting wise, but it was the greatest hunt because of who was involved, what yeah. we did. I don't know. Well, and the cool thing is, too, with, I mean, we couldn't have foreseen all this nonsense that's happening around the globe uh, yeah. at that time because it hadn't really started yet. But um, you see a lot of people freaking out, too, because they have they don't know how to provide for themselves. They don't know how to furnish their own meat or grow gardens or whatever. And um, that's another component of all this that we really haven't talked about either. It's not just that they're having fun and okay with hunting from the way we've always understood it, but there's been an elevated um, awareness, I guess, of people wanting to know where their food comes Absolutely from. Absolutely right. And, uh, of course, all of us have lived that life. We understand that. It's second nature. But it's hard for us to comprehend there's people in this country that don't get that. And now they're desperately trying to figure it out. Like, well, how do I get a hunting license? How do I shoot a gun? How do I process the animal? How do I do all that? And if And if we're raising our kids to be that the whole time then that they don't have to worry about that they i mean i even had our investment guy for for my family's finances and our retirement and all that i was talking to him through all this course you know his life's been a little crazy you know with all this stuff going on but he's pretty even keel and he said you know what i've heard about all these people not having food or grocery stores being empty he and he said i deal with a lot of clients and he said your family was the first family I thought of when all this stuff really went nuts. Cause he said, I don't hunt. I don't do all this stuff. I don't have a garden. I don't know how to do all. I don't live that life. He lives in a bigger city. And he said, the first family I thought of out of all my clients was, <laughs> well, I bet the Masons aren't too worried. Yeah. And he was right. We didn't freak out. Yeah, we weren't we worried either. at all about any of this. We stuff. didn't either. And we, we live under a rock out here in Wyoming compared yeah. to the rest of the country. Yeah. You know, you go to our grocery stores, our meat cases were always full. Yeah. Toilet paper was an issue. <laughs> For about two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. But I talked to, not that long ago, I had an opportunity to spend a whole day with a guy from a major major metropolitan area. And, and we were in the outdoors. We were, we were fishing. And he flat out, he flat out told me, he's like, it was flat out scary. He said, and it's still not normal. But he said, I am totally investing in the hunting thing. I'm investing myself in that. I want to learn how to hunt. I want to learn how to provide. 
He said, I, he said, I'm learning how to garden this summer. That's a goal. I'm putting up garden boxes on the like windowsills and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I got to get out of the city. My next few years, I'm, I'm getting out of the city. I think we're going to see a major influx of people from cities into the country. It's already happening. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to, I think we're going to see that as well in the hunting space. I think our, our marshes and fields might be a little more crowded in the years to come, which as for, from the for the future of hunting is concerned, I'm all for it. I'm good. That that's, that's good. That's a good thing. But that goes back into what we were saying about getting our kids involved because they're the ones that are going to be raised with this and doing it. They are really that next generation to kind of lead that charge. And we're looking at girl dads here, guys. Hashtag girl dads. We're all <laughs> girl dads. I have, Scott, you have a young son. I have a son on the way. God willing, he will show up the second week of archery elk season. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Todd. Yeah, I nice wasn't work. thinking about that. But actually, I was. I Anyway, doesn't matter. I, I digress. <laughs> we, kn- <laughs> we know what you were thinking. <laughs> so I want to. I just want to wrap this one up with uh, some final thoughts because this has been. We've talked about the hunt. We've talked about the day. What it meant to each of us. Obviously, I think we're all coming at it from a dad's perspective, and even though it means meant something different to us, we're all looking at it with a shared vision there. But. Guy, final thoughts. I, th- you know, we've hit on it. I think it's important to get your kids out there early, like we said. You know, not wait till they're twelve or fourteen, and then try to. I think way too many people try to do that, and I think people also think that they it's not worth taking them out there unless they can participate. Like, oh, they're not old enough to hunt yet. Well, it doesn't really matter because to a five year old, those girls didn't want to pull the trigger. They didn't even know what that was about they just wanted to be there and experience it you know you don't have to wait till they're 12 or 14 and participating to take them out there you got to imprint them when they're young so they're not freaked out there wasn't one of those girls was freaked out by a dead goose or blood or whatever i mean those dogs you know that is their faces are covered oh, in blood, yeah, blood yeah. in the water they're picking up playing with the feet on the geese and the beaks and you know they've never seen anything like that at least Cora hasn't and she was picking them up and getting her photo taken and you know she's not never been afraid of dead stuff because she's helped me skin cougars and cape out elk and stuff in my garage so she's just used to it that's her world right you grab some 10 year old from the city and try to unload that on them you're going to get a different reaction I guarantee it no I've seen that happen I had you remember a number of years ago when you shot uh, that white tail um, in Montana, and mm-hmm. uh, you didn't need the meat and asked if I wanted it. And um, and when we were cutting that up in my shop, I had a bunch of relatives there. It was around Thanksgiving. And um, they all live in not completely rural places, but yet they just don't get out. They just don't do the things that, like what we've been talking right. about. And a couple of them actually dry heaved. Like my nephews that were about 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that age group. And I remember Hunter was so innocently confused as to what was going on. He stood there with this uber confused look on his face, looking at his cousins and friends. Right. That they're all close together playing and having fun. And and then they see this dead deer in, in our shop. And 
almost having a meltdown on Hunter. I remember just this confused look on his face, like I, I, I don't get it. Like yeah. what, what, what did you see? I don't, like he's looking past the deer. Like right. what did you see a mouse or something or what's going on in here? <laughs> <laughs> so confused. But you're right. I mean, it's it's so important early on to do that. Final thoughts, Brandon. Uh, my final thoughts, I guess, just th- sitting here thinking, listening to all of our conversations and getting our kids involved is just being. I think we all take for granted what our dads did for us mm-hmm. because to this, to us, this is normal. And, um, you know, it's easy to, you know, when you get to be adults, you have disagreements with your parents or maybe you don't see eye to eye on things anymore on certain things. But, man, we take for granted how much they did for us, got us involved in the outdoors and the lifestyle that we that we live and lead now is all because of that you know, upbringing that we've been talking about and man, talk about being blessed and having parents that were in tune with that. And I don't even know if they did it intentionally to keep us out of trouble with anything else. Like we've kind of been talking, some of the benefits are, but it's just who we were. It's what we did. And man, am I thankful. Scott. And I feel like we've covered it pretty well. It was thoroughly enjoyable to go on this hunt and hopefully we can do it again this year. Cora asked the other day if she could go goose hunting. I was like, uh, it's fishing season. <laughs> <laughs> what does season mean? So I had to I explain that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Who would have thought? Yeah. Well, guys, I appreciate your time and, and for joining me here and kind of reliving definitely a highlight for me and, and revisiting all your final thoughts. I couldn't agree more with everything that you guys said from Guy talking about you got to get them early. You got to get them now to you know scott talking about taking his dad and and his daughter turkey hunting what that actually transitioned into for them in the spring and then brandon your point about what our dads did for us i think if you're blessed enough and lucky enough to have your dad still with you this father's day you might just want to take a minute and say thanks more than just for hey dad thanks we have a tendency as guys to do that. Be specific. Tell them, thanks for thanks for raising me in the outdoors. Thanks for teaching me how to hunt. Thanks for taking me fishing. Thanks for teaching me how to trap. Whatever it may, whatever it may be. Because without their influence, none of us would would have done this either. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember my dad, one of the reasons that bird hunting and that waterfowl is so ingrained in my DNA is it seems like it's in my dna it's probably a little deep for that but (laughs) my dad took us and there was nothing the water was never too cold it didn't matter if it was snowing we were out there and he took us and he made us suffer through it and there were days that weren't fun but man there were a lot of days that were too Mm -hmm. and that just sparked a massive love a love for that in my life and i want to i want to have that passion with my kids i want that to transition Getting them hooked on stuff now, I want that to transition into big game hunting. I want that to transition into trapping, working with dogs, the shooting sports. There's so much more that you can do than just taking your kids hunting. Take them to the skate range. Take them when you're working your dog next week after this. Take them out. Take them with you. Take them camping. Whatever it might be, take them fishing. Put them in a drift boat when you're out fly fishing. You know, Guy and I do that all the time too. Getting one, them involved is priority number one. One Father's Day I saw, I don't 
in one of the newsletters I get, they asked a thousand kids what they wish they they would would have done when they were young with their fathers or what was their favorite thing to do with their fathers and it was fishing and camping were number one beat out baseball game going to a game really number one and two so it's outdoor activities the kids want to do it that's awesome you know and i mean hunting i'm sure was on the list sure but, you know sure it's at least with general kids in general is fishing and camping Number one and two, they what want great... they want to be outside doing outdoor activities, learning you know nature, learn about the natural world. And these are, you know, not kids just in Wyoming. They're right. You know, it's this a random nationwide. sampling nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's cool. That's so that's so surprising. Your kids want to go, even when I think if they you think they don't, but that's the whole thing of starting them early because right. the later they get, the more or the older they get, the later you wait, the less they want to take that on they want to do other things yeah absolutely it's important it's the most important thing you can do i couldn't agree more and i think that's a great note to end on it's important get them out there get them out there take them hunting take them fishing take them camping it doesn't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. just do it because that's what they're going to remember in fact some of the Adventures that aren't perfect are the best, be the ones. best ones. Absolutely, yeah. I couldn't. Agree I know, more. and you, as a dad, you always want them, want it to be perfect, yeah. and then you start thinking about it. Go, well, they don't know. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. have no idea. They how don't know this is a disaster. And that goose hunt was that. And they think that's what it was. It's great. Yeah, we were kind of worried about how it was going to turn out. Oh, they're wearing pink. Who cares? Yep. We had a great time. They had a great time, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, and that yeah. picture with you with that. Uh, one of the graders that we shot yeah. that with the wing spread and the girls. I mean, what a priceless image. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to see that film. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be it's going to be a good one. We're working on it right now and should have had it out for Father's Day, but we didn't quite get on the ball, so that's what this podcast was about. We wanted to bring you that, talk to you about that, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast, guys. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, you too. Thanks. You too. All right. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on another installment of a Wingman podcast. We hope you enjoyed this one. Drop down in the comments and leave us a comment. Let us know what other topics, what you want us to talk about. Just give us some general feedback. We're just getting this thing going, so we appreciate all that you can help us with. And until next time, we'll see you in the field.